Hello and welcome to the special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. I'm Father Adam Potter and today we reflect on the 10th letter, all having to do with our dear friend. Is he a friend? This, not yet, but maybe it's kind of becoming, oh, it's becoming such that we feel a little attached to Wormwood's patient, kind of rooting for him a little bit. So if we're following along with this drama, we're a little disheartened to find that he's come across some bad friends. This couple that the patient has developed a relationship with is not good for him. Uh, right, so we have to reflip everything. Screw tapes, it's great because they're fun, they're bright, they're wealthy and worldly. And it'll be even better if it can get your patient, Wormwood, to start living a par- two parallel lives, a double life, um, start living out of that hypocrisy. So there's a lot here in terms of friendship. So let's dive in. There are a couple things going on with this friend scenario. It's a combination of the fact that the couple has befriended the patient and they have a number of very worldly qualities. They're wealthy, superficially intellectual, and they're fun. They're fun. And combine that with the demon playing off the patient's vanity, right? That desire to be approved, accepted, to belong, and to be thought well of, etc., etc. This disposition is the one that allows him to betray his true self and his beliefs. Screwtape says, says it like this, quote, This is the kind of betrayal you should especially encourage, because the man does not fully realize it himself. And by the time he does, you will have made withdrawal difficult. Oh, see where he's going, as opposed to maybe speaking up right away, allowing him to slowly get involved with this, with this friendship. So what are some of the, the betrayals here? Um, first compromises, small compromises in language. Even if it's a look or a tone or a laugh by which the patient communicates that he's in full agreement, this is a real compromise. Can you imagine them, right? These are the little head nods or silent responses that convey a unity. And this leads to a postponement, postponement of the confrontation. Or in other words, the acknowledgement that he believes something contradictory to what this couple does is put on the back burner. I'll tell them later. I'll tell them later. And how dangerous are these compromises? Well, in his shame, pride, modesty, and vanity, he remains convinced that he's just being polite and doesn't want to offend. He still believes everything that he always did, but he doesn't need to force it on them right now. What are the lies that he's telling himself? Only to get to the place where these attitudes and beliefs of his friends have become his own as Screwtape says, all mortals tend to turn into the things that they are pretending to be. Have we ever had a situation like this with friends? These desires of belonging and being accepted go deep into our hearts because we're made for a relationship. Yet out of insecurity or woundedness, it can be easy to fall into a wrong crowd or justify a relationship that's not the best, but it's better than being alone. <laughs> And then it's really tough when they are really enjoyable and also really highly esteemed and thought of by others. And that can play with our vanity. 
Shoot, how hard is it to pull away once we've gone down a long path of a relationship with some friends and have given all sorts of indications that you agree with them and are on the same mindset with everything. And it's been going on and on and it hasn't actually been talked about or brought up. Have you ever noticed how the procrastination all of a sudden brings us to a more difficult parting of ways? Compare that to if we would have just spoken up right away and said, yeah, I actually don't believe that. Or no, I actually am a Christian. Or this is the way that I I think about it. Then the whole relationship would have been completely different. And maybe it wouldn't have existed at all. Or maybe it would have been in existence, but on more honest terms. Either way, Either way, we would have been on, we would have been more honest, you know, and been able to actually live with ourselves. Who are our friends now? Are they individuals who really know us, value us, and support us? Are they individuals who allow us to really be ourselves and to fully express everything that we think and believe? Or do we need to always watch what we say and how we act? The idea of turning into the thing that you are pretending to be is so sadly true, huh? We become the people that we surround ourselves with. I think about kids going off to college or away for business and a couple years later meeting them and realizing you're not the same person. Like what, what happened to you? One of the big discernment realities for me in seminary as I was studying to be a priest was that I was surrounded by really good men who allowed me to be more fully me. It was one of the most amazing things. And I really do believe that I changed in seminary, but it was a changing more and more into the man that God was calling me to be. Friends are powerful. Friends are so powerful. So you can see how Screwtape is having a field day with this. But he says, watch out for the counterattack of the enemy or God. So what is God going to try and do to shake the patient out of it? He's going to try and prick his conscience and get the individual to realize that this is a temptation to worldliness. Have you ever had that moment? You don't realize the friends you are with are all that bad until you have a moment in church, in thought, or in conversation with a family member and realize, wait, (laughs) what am I doing? Who am I becoming? And the satire of C.S. Lewis comes out in full display when he says, uh, when he has screw tape say that he's so grateful that the preachers today haven't been preaching against the world for a really long time. And I was thinking about, well, that was um, several decades ago. Have things changed? Um, In terms of like us recognizing the dangers of worldliness. John says this in his first letter. This is 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passes away in the lust of it but he who does the will of God abides forever. End quote. So, gosh, that we might reclaim the a preaching against worldliness and be, allow that to really be a, a prick of our own conscience so that we can really surround ourselves with people who don't lead us 
to the world, but lead us to the Father. Then there's this reference later on to Puritanism. Hopefully you know what that is, but just to break it open a little bit, Puritanism, I think we could describe as a philosophy that makes a firm rejection of everything worldly, which would include things like smoking and drinking and sex, elaborate dinners and elaborate living. And the root of the word is purity, but it's a distorted view that rejects the fact that God made the world good. Therefore, something like drinking is not bad in itself, but it it can actually be enjoyed in a right manner. But a Puritan says, nope, no drinking at all, because it could be used badly, something like that. So Screwtape rejoices in the ways that the demons have worked to distort Puritanism to be so outlandish that instead of responding with virtue, such as temperance and chastity and sobriety of life, there's a response of indulgence. Can you see why Screwtape would rejoice? Because he hears people in the bar saying, oh, come on, have one more drink. Don't be a Puritan. And notice the twisting of the truth. And while Puritanism is wrong, it's distorted such that there would be an overreaction away from the truth. So instead of, okay, just rejecting the world wholesale, the virtue would be, let's, let's accept the, the world in the proper way. But the overreaction and the twisting, the distorting of the reality would be, let's just indulge and get as much as we can. Don't be a Puritan. So the next attack um, uh, is found on paragraph four of how Screwtape is going to come in and try and bring this new relationship with this couple to a deeper level. And it's a threefold attack where Screwtape tells Wormwood to first appeal to the patient's ability to live parallel lives through his intelligence. You're smart enough to get along with these friends while you are with them. But then when you're with your family or in church, you can get along with them too. Other people wouldn't be this savvy, but you are, right? What does this lead to? Living a double life. Quote, I've known many human, many humans who live, says Screwtape, for quite long periods, two parallel lives. He will not only appear to be, but actually be a different man in each of the circles he frequents. So obviously we can see why this would be on the side of Screwtape living parallel lives, there's there's a disharmony, a, disint- a disintegration of the, of the person. So if that doesn't work, what's next? Well, the next attack is an interesting further attack on his vanity, which can delight in being surrounded by people who don't understand him and couldn't possibly appreciate what he's going through. Um, the, the description in this paragraph sounded like this. It's going to church and being next to the simple man who works as a grocer um, and kneeling next to him on Sunday. He couldn't possibly understand the urbane. That means the, the refined manner of of living and mocking the world that he inhabited Saturday evening. So do do you get that? (laughs) You're like this simple grocer that I'm with on Sunday morning. He couldn't possibly understand everything that I'm going through Saturday evening. But then on the other side, he can enjoy the worldly friends with the body. That means dealing with sexual matters in a comical way. 
with the body and blasphemy over, over the coffee. And notice, he can do it even more because he understands the deeper spiritual world within him, which they cannot understand. Isn't vanity lovely? <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Instead of the grocer and these pagans pricking his conscience, conscience and in humility realizing that he's living a double life, he doubles down in self-righteousness or self-satisfaction. If that doesn't work, Screwtape advises him at the end of this fourth paragraph to make him think that he's doing them a favor. At least he's not being puritanical. And we get that whole perspective coming back at it. Okay, and so the whole letter ends with a short, wicked paragraph acknowledging that this is great raw material to allow the domestic tension at home with his mother to continue to be sparked. That is a relationship that is very good for the demons because those familial bonds go very deep to the heart of the person. Maybe you've experienced this, right? It's one thing to be in conflict with friends or a colleague or a teacher or a, I don't know, someone, just someone out in the world that we interact with. But whenever we are at conflict with a family member, as much as we might try and ignore it or push it aside, rationalize it, it's not that big of a deal, it's not that deep, it affects us a whole lot more. And that's because it's our family relationships that really reveal to us who we are. And if those are, are off and in tension, then it's really an attack on, on ourselves and our sense of who we are. So these relationships outside coming to affect the relationships inside the family who the evil one is on the attack but how about our offense gosh we just see how in friendships it's so important to find people who lift us up who build us up who give us the freedom to be ourselves to speak our mind to not have to hold our tongue or wonder how this is going to come across i don't want to offend you it's like gosh Friends are able to offend one another, you know, in, in ways that they're free to speak their minds or what they're feeling. And friends are also open to being corrected. Good friends love you enough to say, yeah, I don't think that's right. Or I don't think that's good for you. Or I think you need to change your ways. And so to find good friendships is one of the most important aspects of us being holy. Why, why is that? Gosh, friends, friendship is one of the deepest loves, even greater than um, an affection love or a romantic love. A friendship love is one that has a shared common goal. Instead of lovers who stand face to face to one another, friends stand side by side and are willing to walk with one another through the ups and the downs. And it's friends who choose one another. And it's through their shared experience and especially the shared sufferings that friendship can actually evoke a real strong binding together such that we have an anchor to be able to see ourselves through whatever life throws at us. So, gosh, how's the Lord inviting you and me to be a better friend to those people in our, our lives? Um, and to really seek out good, holy, hearty friendships that build us up and not to compromise and say, oh, they're not that bad. But more on that on our next letter tomorrow. 
Friends, let's uh, close this letter out with praying for the protection of the great Archangel Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. So good to be with you, friends. Look forward to being with you next time. Please keep me in prayer and know that I am lifting you up in prayer as well. God bless you.